Well, um, we'll jump back to uh, your time with the two companies. And you, you mentioned there's a crossover there. And, and you moved on to Help for Heroes. Wasn't that right? Yeah. So, it, it, again, this sort of ties in, you know, and I'm, I'm not one for, for fate. Um, I'm, but there was an extraordinary time in, in 2007. Um, I was running the, the countryside organisation. I was still MD of an insurance company um, and I was still running. Uh, I had been to a gun dog demonstration uh, up in Oxford and there was an incredible demonstration by a wonderful charity called Canine Partners. And this guy was demonstrating what these dogs could do for the disabled. Uh, and I looked at my stupid Labradors and they're going, bloody hell, you know, come on. The, these dogs, you know, were turning lights off, turning lights on putting washing in washing machines, shutting the door and turning it on, for God's sake. I mean, extraordinary. And I don't know why, Gap, but I said to my wife, hang on there. And she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to have a word with the chap. I said, I think what they're doing is extraordinary. So I went up to this guy and I said, look, you, you don't know me, but I think what you do is amazing. I'll run a marathon and, and try and raise you 500 quid. Uh, to which he went, thanks very much. Why wouldn't you? So once I'd done that, I thought, how the bloody hell do you raise 500 quid? I've absolutely no idea. I can run, but raising money. So again, I, I sent round emails to friends, um, and one of them uh, was Bryn and Emma Parry, uh, who I knew through the countryside. Okay. And the reply from Emma, being the wonderful Emma that she is, uh, said, absolutely no problem. I'll give you £20 if you help us raise £10,000 for wounded, sick and injured servicemen, um, and with your background, we could do with some help. And I went, yeah, of course. What, what could possibly go wrong with that plan? Raise £10,000, do your bit for the boys and girls, I'm out of here. And that's it. And, and there you go. <laughs> that's, that's the end of the podcast. Uh, so, Yeah. So it, it brought in running, it brought in the countryside. Um, Bryn and I often used to joke that Help for Heroes was, was firstly started by a failed captain in an XW01. Um, I often remind them that he was the failed captain. <laughs> um, brackets on, brackets off, utter genius. Um, and also, if we were talking to the countryside, um, it was started by a gun uh, and a beater. Yeah, um, yeah. So wherever we were, we, we brought our different worlds in, into play. Brilliant. Um, and so what did that look like going forward? Um, so obviously that was the first milestone was to bring 10,000 in, um, but y you achieved that and uh, yeah, we, we Well, that that was before we had a name. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, we, we, we didn't even have a name. Um, I've still got the list. Uh, we came up with some rubbish names. I mean, th this could have all gone horribly wrong. Um, so we met up in, in Salisbury, right, what are we going to do? And Bryn being, it's not an understatement, a, a creative genius. It, his head just explodes with ideas. Um, it's really annoying sometimes, <laughs> but at other times, utter inspiration. And the ideas are going all over the place. And I go, well, well hold on. Um, so there was a coming together of, of minds of a of a creative genius, uh, an XW01 who, who could do stuff. 
And that kind of worked. Um, so there were about six of us at, at the time. Um, we knew we moved a, a six-foot table uh, and, and one computer, wasn't even Apple, <laughs> um, into a friend's attic in Salisbury. Um, and I've never forgotten it. Got this bloody table up to the top of the attic. And Brian went, mate, I'm not sure that's enough. And he goes, well, he could have told me that before we put the table up there. So anyway, uh, I knew of some old tin huts um, that were for startup companies. And maybe if we told them that we were helping wounded, sick and injured, they would give us it for free because we didn't have any money. Right. Uh, I mean, we had nothing. Uh, and luckily enough, they did. Um, so during the summer of, of 07, there were lots of conversations Lots of ideas, I mean, frankly, bizarre. I mean, it, it went from £10,000 that, you know, maybe we could raise £5 million. And you're going, you're in cuckoo. Now, I don't know about you, Gav, I've never seen £5 million in my life. But, no. Um, and then, you know, we, we got a name. Uh, we were absolutely adamant that the name had to sort of reflect what it does, so does what it says on the can. Uh, and we were helping heroes. Um, so the tin hut, uh, I came in here um, with some window leaner and a hoover. Uh, the guardsman never leaves you. <laughs> uh, had no furniture, uh, had no telephones, had no money. Uh, so scrounged those, um, scrounged the telephones all for free um, on the 1st of September 2007, 1st of October 2007. Uh, we launched a, a, a thing called Help for Heroes. Uh, that was going to raise £5 million to build a swimming pool for the boys and girls at Headley Court. Yeah. Um, and once that was done, uh, back into our, our hole. We were all volunteers um, doing our bit, as Emma said. Yeah. Um, 13 and a half, nearly 14 years later, I'm still sat in a tin hut talking to you. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing being here. Um, and I said to you when I walked in, just seeing all these pictures on the wall and what's been accomplished and achieved over that time is just incredible. And it, it hits me home because it helped me, you know, um, I get emotional because I think without hell for heroes, I might not be here. And, um, you mentioned about raising the 5 million, um, to build the pool. And I was at Headley court. I was at Headley court before, that building was built and, uh, you know, I was there for 13 different courses to try and stay in the military and uh, recover from my surgeries. And when that was built, it was incredible. It was just like another level. Um, and everybody, all of my friends, people that I was on course with, feel it, know it, and, and yeah, I'm really proud of Help for Heroes. I mean, I... Th it I mean, you, you, you haven't met Bren, Bryn, you, you, you've heard of much, but it was a coming together of two very awkward buggers yeah, um, that would not accept no for an answer and kept asking why. Um, apparently, I was always like it in the military. I thought <laughs> I was entirely reasonable. Apparently, I wasn't. Um, and when people used to say, I should know, well, well, dear boy, that's the way it is. And you go, well, 
that's wrong. That's not the way it is. It's wrong. We've mm. got to do more. Well, it won't happen. It effing well will. Yeah. Um, I mean, some extraordinary conversations, which I, I shan't bore you with and probably should remain private with, high-ranking officers, politicians. Uh, I mean, the utter... Um, lethargy, I think, of not wanting to help. Not, it wasn't a lack of wanting to help. There was no vision that it could be better. It was no vision of what you and I, right, that's what you get. And we would go, well, why can't it be better? Why can't it be the best? And they would just go, well, it can't be. That's the way it is. And that's not right. Um, and, you know, Bryn particularly is like a rottweiler um, or, or like a ferret. Once he bites you, he ain't going to let go yeah, yeah. Uh, until they get the right answer. Yeah. And he was absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And so we just annoyed the shit out of people, which was tremendous fun most of the time. Yeah. But it was always, always to make sure the boys and the girls and their families got the best and if it wasn't the best then we would go again mm -hmm. um, and that that was right at the start with the swimming pool yeah you know uh, it, it was it was going to be the best if we were going to do this it was going to be the best swimming pool um, and and that's never left us mm. um, you know right through to recovery centers um, ultimate extraordinary tales yeah, yeah. absolutely um, and just seeing people going from strength to strength and getting their life back and uh, it's just incredible what, I think, what, what I the think recovery we centres do. Yeah, I think we were... I think, bizarrely, because we didn't come from that background, we didn't know what we were meant to know. So, you know, we hadn't raised money before. We hadn't been in the charity sector. Um, we weren't particularly tied to the military. Um, I've been out... A while, Bryn had been out, blimey, 15, 20 years. Um, so that, that baggage didn't sit with you. Um, you were able to ask some, some pretty poignant questions um, and you weren't going to take rubbish answers, yeah. um, which we were getting back. Um, so it, it, it was a passion mm. Um, mm. Uh, and it kind of worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's probably worthwhile saying right now... Um, we might not be in the mix of Afghanistan and Iraq as we were the past 10 years, but everybody that's been hit hard by injuries, illnesses, whatever it may be, still need our support and still need that help. It is, it's, it's so funny, isn't it, that you know, the attention span um, of both the media and the British public, uh, and this goes back to, I guess, almost health heroes' success, I've always believed that the British public cares about the armed forces. Um, it's shown that time and time again. Certainly in 2007, it had forgotten to care about them. Um, I think other military charities had forgotten to remind the British public uh, of what our armed forces do, and I was sure as hell going to do that. Uh, and that's what we did. We reminded the British public um, of our armed forces. And, of course, when the war ends, um, you know, their attention spanned very quickly, you know, perhaps not this year, very quickly uh, switches to Big Brother, 
Strictly Comes Dancing or, or whether Tesco's or, or, or as Bread or Milk uh, yeah. and the boys and girls and their, their families disappear off the front pages when perversely that's when they're needed most mm-hmm. um, because the military is pretty good at looking after its servicemen and women and families in service. Um, but once you're gone, um, it's not great, Yeah, uh, he says politely. So the boys and girls and their families continue every day to, f- to fight battles, both physical and mental injuries. Uh, and it's our job to remind the British public that, that they're still fighting mm. those battles. Yeah. Uh, and we can do better. Um, you know, medical science has moved on extraordinary, uh, even in the past, you know, 13, 14 years. Um, both mental health uh, and the awareness, particularly of mental health, has come on leaps and bounds, uh, and rightfully so. But the physical and mental injuries are still there. Uh, and Health Hero's job is to make sure the British public don't forget uh, and help those boys and girls and their families. Mm. Um, so I don't, I don't think the mission's changed in, in 14 years, as in its core values. Uh, we said we would support wounded, sick and injured for life. And that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm going to say, if, if, if anybody listening to this does want to donate to help for heroes then then please do yeah um, please really needed <laughs> um and we'll help for the foreseeable as as long as we can so but it, it, it's not going anywhere um and you know you and i both know well perhaps me more so um, that we will go and fight another war um, and our young men and women of this country will join the the armed forces, and they will go and fight a war, um, or if they like to call it a conflict, whatever. Um, but the boys and girls get will get wounded, will get injured, uh, both mentally and physically, and it is unacceptable um, when they return that they don't have the very best. Uh, so we we will be here, mm-hmm. uh, and this time they will have the best. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think. Uh that might be a nice way to, to end. Um, but what I'm going to give you the opportunity now, Mark, is for anybody that's thinking of joining the military, um, maybe they've got friends and family that are already in, uh, especially like maybe, I don't know, the Navy's very busy at the moment. <laughs> but do you have any words of wisdom from your time in advice that you might give them if they were thinking of joining up to our British military? Or any military, in fact. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think, and it's always, you know, and this is part of the reason uh, why I don't go down the the swinging the light bulb stories. This is their time. I I had my time. Uh, Me and my friends did our bit. Uh, We've talked about Josh and, and, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq. That was their time. the guys and girls now, this, this is their time, you know, and they're dealing with not only, you know, the Navy in, in the Channel, they're dealing with COVID, uh, they're doing extraordinary things. Uh, and that's their time. The military is an incredible organisation uh, as, a, as a whole. It's bloody annoying if you, if you bury down to it. Um, but for young guys and girls, um, you know, it's certainly 
changed my life uh, that was was going absolutely nowhere, um, although some could argue it didn't go very far. Um, and so absolutely, um, you know, it, 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 is, it gives you so much that you don't know. You know, I always joke now with, with veterans, uh, particularly those who've recently got out. The problem is they don't know what they know. Yeah. And they have so many skills that they don't know they had. Uh, you know, from going out on patrols to doing all that stuff with the COVID they're doing. Uh, you know, those are skills in civilian life. They just don't know it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, if it's for you, um, then join it. Yeah. Equally, if it's not for you, it ain't the right place. Mm -hmm. um, so... I would always look at the armed forces. Uh, I think it gives you an incredible career, incredible skills, uh, meet amazing people. Uh, I'm not going to use the old adage of travel the world and because um, that's not necessarily so. And if you are, it's not always to do nice things. Um, but the family, um, the comradeship, the fellowship, the professionalism, um, the standards sets you up to do anything you want to when you get out the problem is they don't know that yeah yeah and i suppose the last thing is what advice have you got for veterans that are have either just left or about to leave you just mentioned about they've got skills that that they don't know they have so what advice do you have for those have confidence um have confidence and seek advice. Um, certainly in my day, you know, you never spoke to a civilian. You'd almost cross the road. You didn't, you had, good God, civilians were treacherous, idle, scruffy, says him dressed in shorts, um, ill-shaven. I mean, just civilians were appalling. They're not. Civilians are very kind, very helpful, uh, and very useful um, and they have to have confidence the veterans that they have the skills they do they really do um, to trust people and to ask advice mm. um, because they can do anything they want to they really can they've been doing it uh, and if you you turn that on its head you know if you had said to our armed forces right next year you know, there's going to be a pandemic. Well, what's a pandemic? Couldn't even spend it. You know, I remember standing on the uh, the square at Cavalry Barracks and being told the Argentinians had invaded the Falkland Islands. Well, we thought we were going to Scotland to kick them out, out, out of the Shetland Islands. Never even heard of it. Um, in the end, the Scots Guards and the Welsh Guards went. But that's what I'm talking about. They, they react um, brilliantly to any given situations. In our day, it was... Uh, the farm and strike, uh, when we were doing civil stuff, theirs is the pandemic. I mean, that's a skill set. Mm -hmm. And who do the government and who do business go to when the sh it's the fan? Yeah. The military. So when you get out, you have everything. Yeah. Great words of advice there. So um, I'm going to say thank you so much for sharing what you shared and, uh, you know, just giving us an insight of, of what you went through uh, during your time and regarding time thank you for that today um it's a very precious piece 
of our lives and you've given me some of yours today so thank you so much no it's been an absolute pleasure uh, you know and, and whether it's it's countryside running getting out transition or if there's veterans out there or families struggling for god's sake just pick up the phone Mm -hmm. um, you know there's not much that can't be solved or started with a 30 second call yeah, yeah. Um, you know i think people leave all these things way too long pick up the bloody phone yeah <laughs> <laughs> and lastly thank you for your service no thank you i haven't heard that uh, a lot in this country uh, we heard it a lot when we were doing a race across america and when we started in california we go What's that about? <laughs> uh, and by the time we had cycled 3,136 miles uh, and six days later, we were entirely used to it and going, well, thank you very much. How kind. <laughs> so thank you very much. How kind. No problem at all. No problem at all. This has been Military Veterans Podcast. Out. <laughs>